Welcome to The Tune Up, the podcast from Auto Repair Focus. I'm Phil Curry, and joining me today via speakerphone is Lee Johnson. Hi, Phil. How you doing? Yeah, not bad, sir. Yeah, not bad, not bad. And we've got a good topic this week, because um, we're going to be looking at autonomous cars recently in the news. Um, so we're going to be discussing pretty much everything from safety through to the different levels of automation, right down to the need for carriages to train them, or be aware of the technology when it comes through. First of all, as always, though, let's find out what's happening in the aftermarket with the news. <music> Cannot beat a cheesy jingle. Anyway, here's the latest. The UK new car market is continuing to suffer, with a dramatic drop in diesel sales leading to a 12th consecutive month of decline. New figures released by the SMMT show that sales figures in March 2018 dropped by 15.7% compared to the same month last year. However, March 2017 was the biggest month on record for new car sales, meaning the large decline is not so severe. Diesel sales in the UK dropped by 37.2% in March, while its total market share for the month was just 32.4%. The fuel is being demonised by the press and could suffer again in April, as new VED rates for first-year registration come into force. Assistance and Insurance Solutions Group, Allianz Partners, is working closely with the Institute of Vehicle Recovery, IVR, to deliver the latest in electric, hybrid and plug-in hybrid electric vehicle training for its network of independent recovery operators. The course covers a range of topics. Subjects include the history of hybrid and EVs, principles and range of operation, how to identify EV, hybrid and PHEVs, as well as the potential hazards. Course attendees will also learn how to keep themselves and others safe at the scene of a disabled or damaged vehicle. Six courses will run across the year, each attended by 12 delegates, which the company says will set a new industry standard for training and awareness. Don't forget there's still time to enter Auto Repair Focus's competition to win a pair of tickets to the London Motor Show for Friday, May the 18th. All you need to do is sign up to the Insight newsletter by the 20th of April. You can do this and find full terms and conditions at autorepairfocus.com. And finally, wheel alignment firm Absolute Alignment has announced two new motorsport partnerships and will be represented in the Dunlop MSA British Touring Car Championship and the British GT Championship. New for this season, the company has become an official technical partner to Powermax Tag Racing in the BTCC and will be supporting Academy Motorsports Aston Martin V8 Vantage GT4 entries in British GT. Absolute Alignment's 2018 racing calendar features a total of five motorsport disciplines and more than 40 race meetings, taking the Farnborough-based outfit to 19 racetracks all across the UK, Europe and the USA. You can see more about the BTCC and view our launch day video as well as keeping up with the latest aftermarket news at autorepairfocus.com. So this week, or this episode I should say, we are going to be looking at autonomous vehicles. Now, you can't escape the news, they're everywhere. And I'm, I've, I've obviously, in, in my aspect and, and looking at the aftermarket, it's uh, I've been around them for quite a while, but um, Lee, you're, you're quite aware of them yourself, aren't you? 
Yeah, no, it's just something that's uh, interesting uh, with obviously all the, the latest technologies coming out. It's uh, filtering into to the uh, to the car market, so it's, it's all interesting. Exactly, and I think it's, it's quite interesting as well that a lot of people out there, um, sort of, you know, lamers don't, don't quite realise that, the, that when we talk about autonomous vehicles, in terms of the levels of driving, they're at, they're actually with us now, aren't they? I mean, there's there's five levels of autonomy, and I think at the moment manufacturers are around about level three. Mm, I, th- I, th- I think isn't it the new uh, Audi A8? I think they bought it out last year. It can go up to about sixty kilometers an hour uh, using kind of the Audi AI. Uh, on board computer as well that's right yeah and it's um it's interesting because it's 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 the first of its kind and countries don't yet have legislation for you know non-test vehicles to be on public roads as well so with that audi really are pushing the boundaries and and, and the limits of legislation even but um I think yeah you know, I mean, that's the most extreme example but quite a lot of cars have got autonomous technology within them at the moment well, yeah, I say you've got the um, automatic parking sensors or the car that parks itself, I think, also as well. That's part of the, the VW group mm. um, as well on that. I know that one of my friend's Golfs um, has that new new bit, new bit technology on it. And mm. I think Ford's as well. I think the Ford Mondeo um, has that ability as well. But you've also got, like, lane assist, um, even down to, like, your window wipers. If, uh, you can, if the car detects that there's... Um, rain on the windscreen it will automatically put your window wipers on uh, or, or even headlights so when it gets dark it will automatically turn on your headlights for you exactly and it's it's it's, it's quite interesting it's 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 quite scary as well when it obviously cruise control you know that's uh, that's a level of, of, of autonomy in its own especially um you know the um uh, the variable cruise control I can't remember what they call it the adaptive cruise control where you're following mm-hmm. another car the vehicle will break alongside it i've i've, I've had one of those recently in a Suzuki Swift, and it was quite interesting just sitting in the motorway and just steering the blooming thing. But um, it's the, the 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 assisted brake and the emergency braking as well. That's quite. Um, I mean, it's from a safety aspect. It's, it's 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 quite key, and I know a lot of cars now need you know at least two, and we'll, we'll come on to that in a minute with with, with ADAS. But they need at least two autonomous systems, as it were, sort of like you know lane departure warning and emergency braking to be able to to get the five-star Euro cap, which obviously everybody mm. wants. Also as well, and I remember when me and you were at the London Motor Show um, a couple of years ago now, and uh, someone was testing uh, one of the new uh, assisting braking vehicles. We won't name any names sort of thing, but it um, it didn't end very well, unfortunately. <laughs> um, no. Times have changed, and uh, it, with anything like this, I think there needs to be an element of errors, um, obviously, uh, uh, some recently costs of lives and that sort of thing, which mm. obviously is, is, is the worst possible case. Um, but you, we we shouldn't be um, upset about failing. We should learn from the failures and then it, uh, add on a bit more to it to to sort of like get it out into the market. This is true. I mean, any big project, any anything that is going to advance technology to such a point that we don't ex- understand it at present, is going to, you know, throw up safety issues and things like that. I mean, let's let's look at the the Apollo missions, you know, to the moon. 
and the the tragic fire with with uh, Apollo One. Um, but Eleven made it. Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon, and you know that that launched us into space shuttles, space stations, and, and exploration. We haven't been back to the moon really since the seventies, but I'm sure that will happen at some point. That's it, yeah. So it's basically saying that it's not bad to fail as long as we we just keep on on it. Um, the the only downside that I find with autonomous vehicles now, for any of our listeners that are petrol head lovers and that like sort of the old classic cars and or or just having that feel and drive, the autonomous vehicle will will take completely that whole entire experience away and that's that's something that does worry me slightly um mm. it's okay for you kind of going to work and going to the shops and and getting from point a to b but driving really is a bit more than going from point a to b it's about how you kind of lose yourself a little bit and and, and that's one of the the things that i think that we're going to lose because of all this this automation i think mm, i completely agree it's it's i love the feeling of just being on a a decent you know decent road and you know being able to just sort of put your foot down and take control and just enjoy it and um obviously not exceeding any speed limits but um but um you know it, it just to go where you want to go to go for a drive it is it, it is relaxing mm-hmm. and a computer doing that just you might as well be sitting indoors reading a newspaper, you know, because that's what you're basically doing in the back seat of a car while it's driving along anyway. That's it, and and, and not being funny, that might suit some people, but mm. I know that for sort of all of my petrol head friends, um, that would be kind of a, taking a back step, really. I, I think I I do think at, at at this moment in time, it's quite a good thing having sort of the onboard computer being able to kind of probably create uh, correct some of the driver aids mm. so say for instance like the back end is is is, is slow, slowly but surely letting go because obviously the grip of uh, of the wheels or the driver's probably going round a bend potentially too quickly i think it's very good that the car can actually understand that and actually put more uh, put more um I suppose more focus on 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 the other areas of the car to make it stop from spiraling out of control and that sort of thing so i do think it's it's good at its current time but what it will look like in the future sort of thing i just think it's going to be a bit bit boring yeah <laughs> which which driving to be fair is is anything but boring well the other problem you've got is um is there going to be need to own for a start is there going to be need to own a vehicle i mean you'll be looking at it might just be a case that you know you 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 dial a, an Uber or something like that, an autonomous vehicle comes around, picks you up, takes you to work, and that vehicle can then circulate around a, a town, a city, an area until someone else needs it. Would you need to own one? And also, with level five autonomy, um, which is basically complete control, no need for a driver to take any, you know, control of the vehicle itself. Are you going to need a driving license? And if you don't need a driving license, and you're sitting in the back of auto- you don't have a driving license, sitting in the back of an autonomous vehicle, something goes wrong. Are you going to be in a position to know what to do to take control? If if there is any way to 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 do that, it it throws up a lot of questions. Mm. Yeah. No. Well, it, it, 
yes, it's an interesting point, really, because do you, do you necessarily need the license? Now, I think, coming back to your first example of that, um, oh, I, I, I go to work, and then the car that I use to get to work then takes someone else to the uh, to, to their work or to hospital or, some, or something like that. It's, it's almost that within this space you can use autonomy for a, an array of different things not only just for the cars but you could use it for, for your public services mm. so a, a, an ambulance gets called to a certain address goes from point A to point B point B hopefully being the hospital um, and, and, and yeah you can kind of see that working a little bit because then you'll have um, two paramedics on you at, uh, working to, to save your life sort of thing mm. So, and at the moment they've they've got one person because the other person's driving so mm. I, I, I do think that kind of outside the box of just cars I, th I think there's uh, good uses for this technology going forward but yeah it, it's, it, it will lose that that fun element I think out of driving that edge yeah it is, it is that edge that, that worries me as well it's like you say jumping in the car and I think as well it's about its ability to to choose your route what you want to do where you want to go if, if if you're going somewhere and you can take a boring plain normal road that might get you there a bit quicker or there's a twisting turning country lane that'll get you there say 10 minutes later but is a bit mm. more a bit more driving element a bit more fun I want the option to choose yeah the other positives as well is you've got um, potentially it's going to be uh, cheaper for, mm. for, for people so um, rather than it costs me X amount for my road tax, X amount for my insurance, X amount for my car loan mm. um, if you are literally just taking the Uber if you want to call it that to work um, it would potentially be a, a bit cheaper because those cars are constantly on um, with, with that in mind you're not having to I suppose pay vehicle insurance because it's not you that's in control of the vehicle mm. um, and potentially with, with all the new um, electric vehicles that are coming out or, or hybrid vehicles you've got fuel efficiency savings because you, you would like to think that if maybe if I'm a bit heavy footed with my right foot at this moment in time that's, that's down to a driver um, fault where with an autonomous car, it will probably know that what the optimum level is to change gear or mm. to stop or to, to to go sort of thing at a certain controlled acceleration, mm. I suppose. Well, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of I mean, I, there was a piece in the news recently about Jaguar who have um, signed a deal with uh, I think Waymo, which is Google's um, self drive self driving operation, car sharing operation. To supply the new iPace, um, which is the electric SUV, um, and I, I find that you know I've, I've driven electric cars and I've seen the range go from eighty miles down to fifty in the space of a ten mile drive because my yeah. right foot is so heavy, you know, and so it, it, optimizing that is is a benefit. And of course, the less time spent on charge. I mean, electric cars are better for the environment anyway, but the less time needing to plug into a, a, a power source, you know, even better. Mm. And mm. Of, of course, as well, if you've got autonomous cars, if you don't own one and they're just driving around a city, they're going to add to congestion, but they're not going to take up parking spaces. Yeah, well, also as well, you've also you've also got if you if you think about 
um, the younger generation. So if you've got a 15-year-old that wants to go out, uh, or if you've got an elderly grandmother that wants mm. to go out and that sort of thing, I think it gives them the option because obviously they won't have a driving license potentially mm. um, on that sort of thing. So it gives them more more enhanced mobility, but for for, for them to kind of get out as well. So mm. I, I do think that, that there are positives around kind of the welfare side of things. Yeah. Um, the, the only thing that kind of worries me a little bit at the moment, obviously we've talked about kind of errors, testing and that sort of thing, is kind of what everyone's mind is set at the moment is kind of how safe are these vehicles? Um, so obviously they're doing tests for level four and level five autonomy, uh, uh, automation, but exactly to what extent, how safe is the technology that's doing the... The, the, the controlling itself who, who are the brains behind it sort of thing well this is this is a, a good point because um you know at the end of the day it, it, it's human development on a computer system um you know and at the end of the day we, we, we are producing chips we are producing i mean a couple of years back i went to a, a, a an autonomous driving conference um at uh at mk stadium and I know about cars and the, 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 the stuff the guys were talking about way over my head. We're talking about sort of different lenses within the sensors and the different refracting points and things like that, you know, setups and tune-ups. And it takes, I mean, the, the, these these chips, these lenses, these sensors that ultimately are being designed by humans and being built, you know, by humans. So from from that aspect of it and installing them into a car, there's always that slight problem and that's that slight potential for human error within that which then obviously could lead to a, a bigger issue um, mm. and you, you're basically when you're sitting in that car you're putting your your life in control of, of that vehicle and, and the computer's ability to to detect to mm. use what it's got around it to, 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 to get you to A to B safely well, obviously, they are. Um, the, the, these cars will be covered under the three laws of robotics, anyway. Mm. So, the, the, there shouldn't be any um, desire to hurt humans on that side of things. My, my other thing is, is if you've got a car that is fully autonomous. Now, I, th I think if, um, if if I'm quoting from the right films, anyway, in the Fast and Furious, do you remember when? Um, one of the police officers stunned one of the cars and then was able to kind of tap into the ECU sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And was able to put the brakes on. Now, firstly, that's quite cool anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but but secondly, if that, obviously that's in a movie at the moment sort of thing and probably it's not quite as realistic as, as what it's made out to be. Um, however, if you've got a car that's fully autonomous and you've got, uh, I'm, I'm not suggesting police, but then, oh, like I say, you, you, you could you could have police, and they'll, they'll easily catch criminals that way. Mm. Um, but also, as well, thinking about it, that the people that want to cause harm or uh, like sort of more of the bad people of this world, mm. um, if they've got the right technology, is it potentially hackable? Is is, is the other question as well? Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's another kind of obstacle that I think that 
the car manufacturers or the, the the technologies behind them need to need to also take into consideration as well. Exactly. I mean, who's to say that you know you, you get into a central network or something like that, and suddenly every BMW in the country either grinds to a halt or drives at 100 miles an hour and and, and doesn't steer. I think you know. most people would actually think that's more of a safe thing if you take all the angry BMW drivers <laughs> off the road. Without the indicators going, yeah. Uh, <laughs> love that mem. <laughs> but it's a true point, isn't it? And it's, it's, it is the whole thing about safety. And I think as well, there's, there's, there's also the question of... This came up at um, something I went to again a couple of years ago, was if, if everyone's driving an autonomous vehicle... What about pedestrians? What about their um, their opinions? Because all of a sudden, pedestrians will not need to remember the Green Cross code. They won't need to look left and right because they'll know if they step out in front of an autonomous vehicle, then that vehicle is going to stop for them. And yes. But what happens if, you know, Joe Classic in his 1995 Ford Escort completely plucks out the air and it's probably one of the worst examples of an Escort ever. Um, but, you know he's driving along the road and someone steps out in front of him you know it doesn't look just steps out in front of him expecting that he's in an autonomous car he'll stop he doesn't big accident you know it, it's it's about making sure that everybody is aware of the technology and everybody knows what is what is expected and and, and no one takes anything for granted really you know you've got to take control or not yeah, I think it's more of that educational piece. So yeah. I think that obviously goes on to, to the next topic around not only educating people in general um, around like sort of the pedestrians, the users of the vehicle as well, because I, I think that there needs to be a certain element of, of training before you get into a self-autonomous car just in case something goes wrong. Um, <clears throat> but like, a, you know, like when you go on an aeroplane and they sort of tell you the, the safety bits of where the exits are and that sort mm. of thing. Yep. Um, some, something like that, really. Um, also, as well, how to, so, so, so the listeners on, on, on here, is, is how to service the vehicles as well, because I assume that there'll be some more complex um, diagnostics equipment um, and, and likewise with anything further developing. I know that with a few, a few manufacturers, they were talking about... Um, brakes that can be compatible via a Wi-Fi. They don't even need brake cables or anything like that. So it's, it, it's probably the educational piece around how to service the vehicles as well. Mm. Exactly. And I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's going to get to a point where garages need to make sure they're trained and trained well. Um, because it's not just going to be about replacing a brake pad or you know fitting a couple of tires it's oh you know the in-depth stuff cv boots and 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 and, and what have you it's going to be about maintaining sensors as well and if there's a damaged sensor on a car making sure that sensor is replaced and replaced safely um because of course if if a garage if a garage cocks up a you know fitting a brake caliper there are still three brake calibers on the car the driver still has control of that vehicle the, the driver in that car can stop you know even if it comes to using the gears to win the car whatever um of course you know some bits that the garages do that they're more culpable for is safety but there's always a human element in control that can mm. work around that um if an autonomous car has got a, a sensor that is misaligned 
and seems to think that the road goes left when it actually goes straight on you know the human sitting in the back the human you know not really taking any notice the next thing you know the car's careening into a tree because the sensor's misaligned mm-hmm. potential loss of life there it's it's so there has to garages have to remain aware of the technology and when training is offered take it stay in business i mean it's not going to be a it's not going to be an overnight thing we're not going to wake up tomorrow and there's going to be you know millions of autonomous cars on the road it's going to happen gradually like electric and hybrid but the technology is coming and we can't deny that anymore it'd be interesting to see if the because obviously we were talking about the autonomous car so i want to go from here to so point a to point b um but then also as well the car decides to um oh it needs a, a new brake pad or something like that does it mid-journey go oh actually i need to stop off at the garage to then get the thing repaired so i don't actually make my point b destination or um i'm thinking more for the independent garages as well so mm-hmm. if because the, the 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 types of technology there are even some cars now that um, I know that with my Audi, it, I can only go back to Audi for for it to be fixed and updated, sort of thing. Are car manufacturers going to make autonomous vehicles having to go back to the car manufacturer for for the repairs? And that that that's another mm. debate within itself, really. But again, as you said, that it's not going to happen overnight. Um, this is going to happen over over a number of years, and the likes with uber and tesla um testing at the moment it it is still very far from uh, from, from everyday life really mm. and after recent events probably even further than we think at the moment i mean <laughs> we can't uh, we can't ignore what's happened with with uber and with tesla um recently in 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 terms of the uh the fatal accidents and that i think that i was saying earlier on about the you know the need for testing and the you know sometimes you have to fail it's um it's just a stark reminder that the technology isn't the mm. the angelic savior of the automotive industry that, that people would have us believe these things are going to happen and mm. people are still going to die but but to be fair with 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 the um uber because obviously everyone knows about the the uber one uh earlier uh last last year mm. um they they had done um almost 2 million miles before anything went wrong now obviously mm. there's more testing to be done um, around it but it's not like oh well we've created an autonomous car and it's basically killed someone on the first roundabout or something mm. like that so I, I suppose we need to give credit due to, to, to them as well that it's done a lot of miles before something went wrong so it's good that they're really really trying to push the boundaries mm. Um, but obviously, it's some it's someone's life's expense sort of thing, which is probably not the best. Well, the, the the thing is, a lot of people obviously are focusing on the autonomous car aspects of it, and you know, could the car have stopped? And obviously, there was a driver on board. Of uh, they weren't, they weren't really paying attention like they should have done. Um, but to be honest with you, I mean, I've I've seen the footage of the the accident. It's that's been released. That's that's available online. Um, you don't see anything graphic. You don't see anything in uh, too much detail. But um, you do see this this woman with with the bicycle who was crossing the road and was hit by the car, coming out of nowhere. I mean, the, the camera is a night vision camera, so you, you sort of see light anyway. But she just comes out of the dark, 
and the car's doing about 60 and I just think that would have been exactly the same no matter what I don't think anybody could have reacted quick enough to to, to avoid her she was literally not there yeah. and she was there you know even if a human was up behind the wheel if they swerved they still would have hit her you know at least for the front three quarters of the car um but of course the, the, the question isn't would an autonomous car would a driver have you know would would a driver have um, been able to, to avoid the accident or anything like that didn't it? people are just saying autonomous car fatal accident bad technology and I think that is a bit unfair, really, because mm. it, it comes back also back to the education piece. So that the woman with the bicycle clearly is not. It, so, some people still still live in a bit of a cave, really, with technology nowadays. There's mm. there's some people that I know that still make checks out, um, which we, I, I can't remember the last time I used my checkbook. I don't even know I've got um, one now. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's just the way that we perceive technology now. If she was unaware that that is an autonomous car mm. in people's mind it should a car is just a car whether who it, it doesn't doesn't make a difference who's driving it it's still something that could potentially kill you mm. um where if so yeah in those sort of circumstances i really don't think people should be putting the blame on autonomous vehicles it's almost like you can't really blame a driver for not putting the foot on the brake at those sort of because people do come out or children do go between cars and that sort of thing and, mm. and honestly on the driver that, that's a horrendous thing to go through yeah. but is it necessarily their, 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 their fault yeah they're the ones driving the vehicle but uh, certain circumstances like that you, you can't you, you have no control over it unless people are educated so my children don't run into the road because the parents should educate them i suppose that there is um a bit i know it's been more focused in america um with all the testing that sort of thing but you'd like to think that they have educated the people around where they are doing the testing as well mm. Um, I think that's a very big important bit of it. That is a good point. I mean, there's there's, there's trials going on in UK roads, you know, and 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 that's the you know, that's going to be ramped. The government want to ramp that up soon, so we're going to have we are going to have autonomous cars on motorways soon. Um, there's testing going on in Europe. There's testing going on in Asia. There's testing going on in 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 the US, but <laughs> we don't know where that testing is taking place or where that testing is taking place and. And that's the problem. But a lot of people, you know, after the Uber accident, have said, "Well, um, you know, it should be limited to tracks." Well, that, that's that's all fine, well and good. But then we don't know how a, an autonomous car would cope when the first one comes out to go on a, a public road. We're not going to know how it copes with with public, you know, conditions. It it has to be out there for traffic jams and cars pulling out in front of it, and mm. you know people running out in darkness and things like that because those are the conditions they're going to be driving in are you talking about tracks that are as in like racing tracks or yeah it, oh because that would make even formula one even more boring than it actually already is ah formula one's not bad you see the last race actually no, that was fair that was boring <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah like i say with, with, with those sort of things it's it well okay to put it in the uh, put it in another way it would look like looking at scale electrics Mm. It's fun for probably the first five minutes, but actually all you're doing is just watching electricity go around. Yeah. 
I so mean, that, that is exactly what would happen if automation got into to race car driving. Yeah. Well, I mean, t in terms of testing it as well, you know, and, and we, you and I have both driven the, the, the bowl at Millbrook. Mm. Um, you know, where on that on that circuit, that bit of track, where does that um, offer the daily issues that an autonomous car might face, like traffic jams, for example, and things like that? It's just a big round and round circuit. Even the, the mm. Al even the Alpine course, you know, there's no side roads for cars to pull out and there's a few cobbles and, and speed bumps and things but and, and obviously hills but there's no one walking out in front of it there's no obstacles there's no um you know chicanes and you know slow moving cars traffic jams traffic lights there's nothing there i suppose what they'll have to do is they'll have to adapt it to make it look like you know like in the films where or like the police um sort of like go go into a house for their like their training sort of thing and they see either like a monster or uh, a bad person sort mm. of come behind the door sort of thing I, I think that's what they'll have to try and do they'll have to, uh, to or either chuck like a uh, sort of a paper a cardboard cutout of a child that's so kind of almost throwing themselves on the road to kind mm. of see if it's uh, obviously that that that's probably the safest way i wouldn't suggest using real children or anything like that but uh, you, you use like the, the paper cutout or cardboard yeah. cutout of kids and stuff and i think that's that's probably quite a good way but there's a lot of um a, a, a lot of change that would have to happen about mm. well if, if we're talking about millbrook anyway mm. but i mean as well we've got you know tesla um last month you know one of their model x cars in in the u.s crashed um, the driver, the driver died, and that was that was running on autopilot mode. And that's that's not fully autonomous. Now, the, the Uber system was literally, you know, intended to be the level five autonomy, hands off, sitting in the back reading a newspaper. Um, Tesla's autopilot is is sort of level three, if you like. So it's 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 driving, um, but the driver must be prepared to take control at all times. Um, yeah. And they obviously Tesla have come out and said that autopilot was was active and engaged at the time of the accident, where the, where the car hit a, a concrete barrier on the on the freeway and caught fire. Yeah, um, didn't it didn't it fail to spot a lorry or something? something or was that uh, no no that was that was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? No, the, that was yeah, two thousand sixteen. That was it. Yeah. <coughs> yes, but it, again, it goes back to kind of these errors. I know obviously it's expense to people's lives and that sort of thing which is the worst possible expense um, but I, I do think it needs to happen a little bit uh, well er errors need to occur not fatalities um, is what I'm trying to get at really but we, we need to learn from the errors and, and keep them to a minimal and um, I think it in the news they're, they're very keen to get bad news or when something goes wrong um it's always about that, and I think with the like, like with the Uber, they did two million miles before something happened. Mm. Now, that's that's something that we should be praising that they've done so many miles. We should be looking at the positives rather than the negatives. Mm. Um, negatives are a good thing to look at because we can always improve on them. But then also as well, look at how far they've actually come since. Um, I know that automation has been been looked at from I think even on the early twenties sort of thing when people started to dive into the idea of it, mm. um, which obviously is now a hundred years later and we haven't got full autonomy, but um, we we are we are getting there and with some of the technologies it's only been fueled a bit faster. 
exactly exactly and and it will you know we, we could be looking at you know some manufacturers say they want an autonomous car on the road by 2022 so we're only looking sort of four years away from manufacturer plans i, I personally don't see it before 2030 but um the technology is coming it's in testing it's on public roads and, and and we are you know we are sort of we're at a crossroads with it really um but of course, the the the, the fatal accidents, um, obviously very very tragic, but they've sparked a lot of debate, you know, about would you feel safe in autonomous car? Would you feel safe with autonomous cars on the road? And I think these are debates that are, are are definitely needed for developers to be able to say, right, okay, well you've got concerns about this, we need to address that, you know, mm. we need to point that out, you know, we need to we need to do something with it and. And let's not forget as well in the Uber case, the car being used was a was a, a, Vo, a Volvo. Um, I think it was an XC90, an SUV, big car. Anyway, you know, would such an accident have happened if it had been I, I don't know a Ford Ka or something like that? It's, there, there's questions about the vehicles, there's questions about the technology, there's questions about everything. But at the end of the day, like you say, two million miles should be applauded, and that's that just proves that the technology is is closer than most of us believe mm, that's it and, and that's why I think it's quite crucial for um, technicians uh, and mechanics to kind of uh, not not keep so close to it because that's what, what we're here to do for you um, but then at the same time just to kind of keep a, an ear on, on the ground for, for, for when it does when it, when it does start to trickle in and it might change the strategy of your business as well it might open up some more doors for you exactly and in the meantime and there's there's you know, we talked about ADAS um you know the ADAS is is here it's been in vehicles since the the 1990s um since 2016 you know vehicles have required a minimum of two uh, ADAS technologies for a, a five-star NCAP safety rating, which every manufacturer wants. Um, unless you're driving a Fiat Punto, which I think scored zero recently. Um, so don't buy a Fiat Punto. Other, other Fiats are available. Um, but it's it's yeah, you know, and 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 that includes things like lane departure and uh, and emergency braking, you know, which are levels of autonomy. So there's options now for technicians to, to get training on those systems um, because they're going to become more prevalent and obviously as, as as new cars become used cars and used cars enter independent garages there's more options for that obviously things like you know windscreen replacement you've got to take into account like you were talking about earlier on the, the rain sensing wipers you know you've got to replace mm -hmm. the sensor for that as well with the windscreen um, you've got um, you've got to make sure for lane departure you know that the, the 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 tracking is right, um, and for sensors and things like that as well. There's a lot out there at the moment that garages can be doing um, to be aware of autonomous technologies, and ultimately this training will will be a, a stepping stone onto looking after sensors and what have you in in the fully autonomous cars that we have coming up in in years to come. Yeah, and to, to be fair, it, it, it'd be interesting because obviously I know the Americans are doing a lot of uh, development on this and that sort of thing. However, looking back in our car history, who have kind of been the people that are the front foot of innovation? It's it, 
and and they don't shout about it, right? But I definitely think that it's going to be the Japanese mm, yeah. that come up with some quirky, weird-looking car that will be able to fully uh, comply with rules and regulations. Uh, probably not from the EU side of things, but as in the first world's one. Like it, it, I, th- I think they were the first ones to do kind of cruise control. They were the one mm. one of the first ones to even do like a sunroof with air conditioning and that sort of thing. Electric mm. windows. That 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 sort of thing. I know that Mercedes, so the Germans, are quite good um, at, at sort of like. Not coming second, but they're 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 very very close mm. um, to it, and probably a, a better build quality maybe, or just the engineering side of things. Yeah. But I that the Japanese are not risk takers, but they love to be the the first ones and really kind of stretch and 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 test the boundaries. So I know that we haven't spoken much about what what other nations are doing sort of thing is because it's mainly focused around uh, what's happening in sort of uh, San Francisco and stuff. But yeah, I, I definitely think watch the space in the, in the Japanese market. No, I completely agree. I mean, you know, um, Toyota, you know, developed a hybrid technology. Now some cars have been a very hybrid in the past, but Toyota are the ones who refined it. Um, you know, and now hybrid is, you know, everybody's inclu- trying to include hybrid. Um, in their lineups, they need to because of CO2 levels and the diesel market decline. But you know that came out was it early 2000s? It'd been developed way before that. Um, so yeah, the, the, the Japanese. I, I think the Japanese have an idea and, and build it, and then the Germans refine it in a way. Mm. But um, you know, it, you don't you don't credit the people who refine the technology. You credit the people who come up with it in the first place. Um, and it's going to be yeah it's going to be interesting and i think you know japan the asian market they've got reason to obviously because you know, in japan the cities are quite crowded they they need options they need they need advances in technology and i think that's what drives them to do this and obviously autonomous technology will will help them out in that in that aspect mm, mm. and it's a uh, but it's 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 a it's a market it's a, it's a, it's a discussion that is is growing and i think we're definitely going to have to revisit this in another episode, aren't we? Yeah, and uh, and and from from that, it will probably change, and we'll have more information to to give our audience as well. Exactly, and uh, hopefully, sort of, maybe we can try and get some experts on board and and have a proper proper chat. But uh, I think we'll probably leave it there for now. Um, Lee, thanks for joining me. No, thanks very much for having us again. No worries. And um, you don't forget, you can catch up all the latest news, uh, features, etc. on autorepairfocus.com. But from me, Phil Curry, and from Lee, it's uh, goodbye, and we'll speak to you again soon.